Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of Roohoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As the Bucks do get a win, we spoke yesterday about the fact we would like just to see the Bucks beat down a team and just get it over with. Just get an easy win. We haven't had one of these since early March. That's how long it's been since the Bucks, since the Bucks have won a game like this. They beat them 126 113. Despite the fact a couple of players were out, and despite the fact that Giannis had an early shower, he only lasted 10 minutes, there was a little headbutting incident, and I think more than anything, this was the only thing that mattered out of this game. I actually really found it hard to even just keep focused that there was still a basketball game going on after this incident. Frank, you've done a little bit of research. I've seen some of your tweets. I may as well just let you fire away here. What did you make of the incident and, and what's the expectations? Because all we really care about right now is any type of suspension. I mean, it was just, I mean, it's stupid, a stupid play by Giannis. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I get there's history with him and Mo Wagner. Wagner, you know, tried to flop his way. Well, it kind of did flop his way to getting Giannis fouled out in that game. And uh, whenever that was earlier this year in Washington, where Middleton kind of dragged him to that OT victory. So there's history with Mo Wagner. Um, and in this game, we saw Wagner, you know, he tried to flop uh, and got uh, uh, at a blocking foul on Giannis. And then um, in what seemed to instigate the, the final, the headbutt here, uh, he kind of went to, to kind of box out Giannis. Giannis had his back to him and kind of, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think there was really a lot to it, but it kind of caught Giannis and it, he kind of fell awkwardly. Uh, on one end, and I think that's really what pissed him off because it felt like he got like hit in the back of the knee or something. And then on the other end, Giannis pretty much just, I think it I, I, I seemed like he pretty much decided he was going to plow through Mo Wagner and um, Wagner draws the charge. And then, uh, I mean, we didn't really even see it live, but then on the replay, we see that they kind of got into it uh, or Giannis pretty much got into him uh, and then kind of, what did a walk-in headbutt sort of thing uh sort of a momentum headbutt if you will yeah uh and as i tweeted out i mean i think people are always um people always overestimate i find on twitter like how long nba suspensions are going to be um it's not actually very easy to get a multi-game nba suspension for like a you know like a violent incident um you know if you've got like if you like start a brawl or something like that, like you remember like the Rondo Chris Paul thing, like there was, I think Rondo got three games um, for like spitting in the face and then punching and starting that brawl. And, you know, Chris Paul got uh, two games for being part of that brawl and like gouging an eye. But um, I mean, typically these kind of just like one-off things like this is like, you know, it was just a thing and then it ended. Um, you know, I, I was looking back like KG got suspended five years ago for a head, but one game, Hashim to beat a couple years before that got suspended one game for a headbutt. Um, so I, I'd kind of be surprised if it was anything other than one game. 
Um, and of course, Giannis himself got one game for body checking Mike Dunleavy <laughs> into the crowd in the playoffs, which um, I, I just was so fun. It, I mean, I remember Gary Wolfel, like after that game, like acting like Giannis was going to be suspended for, you know, like five to 10, five to 10 games or something like that. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, guys never get suspended for that long. <laughs> like, for, like the only five, like suspend, like there's drug suspension, which get you longer, but like, you know, Malice in the Palace, this was not, okay? <laughs> like, you know, if you're chucking dudes into the first row and that's worth a game, then I don't know. I, I can't see how this is, this is like, you know, a game of, uh, I mean, I, I expect it'll be suspended because it's, you know, whatever, the last game doesn't really matter anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, if this was, if they suspended him for the first game of playoff, I'd be just baffled. Um, but anyway, either way, it's stupid. I think Giannis pretty much, you know, acknowledge as much after the game that he has to be has to be smarter about it um but uh yeah i mean uh there goes he needed either 42 points in one game or 72 <laughs> points over two to average 30 for the season that goes out the window uh, i think i haven't crunched the numbers he'll probably be at like 29 and a half would be his, his final points per game number so i guess it makes it easier for us to take the over next year uh when we do our over-unders on what his his scoring will be that that will assume it'll go up as it does every year seemingly his, his scoring but um but yeah there's that but uh yeah i mean he was just getting fouled a ton kind of was getting frustrated a little bit but um hit 10 out of 12 free throws which was nice to see in that first half uh in route to 12 points in 10 minutes uh he also entered the game with we'll, we'll see where it ends up he was um slightly ahead of Wilt Chamberlain's all-time PER record, player efficiency rating, which isn't a great stat, but, um, you know, that's cool. To be the best ever at something would be pretty cool. Uh, so we'll see if that, uh, if that, stat, that number holds, uh, given, given what happened tonight. Obviously, the, the per-minute numbers uh, tonight were, were pretty, um, pretty big, uh, you know, 10 minutes, 12 points, 9 rebounds. So, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's it for Giannis. Um, you know, I'm sure we weren't sure if he was going to play in the first place coming off the two surgery, oral surgery yesterday, but with none of the other Bucks starters seemingly available, uh, aside from, uh, Brooke Lopez, who had 24 points and at five threes tonight and, uh, is, I, I don't know where he's going to be at with this three point, three point percentage, but, um, he was at 30.4 coming into this game. So he's kind of, you know, kind of salvaged his, uh, some of his shooting splits a little bit and, his uh, excellent play in the in the bubble has continued, so that that continuation was good to see. And then it was actually, um, you know, good to see some random role players actually make shots, which has not happened seemingly at all in this bubble. And that's really the story of this game. The Bucks obviously pretty much only had role players once Giannis got uh, got ejected, other than Brooke and um, you know a bunch of guys, including uh, Frank Mason, nineteen points, five rebounds, six assists. Sterling Brown, twenty three points. Uh, and DJ Wilson actually like took some shots that weren't, you know, brick threes, uh, 11 points, five rebounds. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, this is sort of the kind of infrastructure win you would expect the Bucks to have gotten against the Nets as well. You know, just sort of show up and be the Bucks, even if it's not the typical Bucks players and grind out a win. And uh, that's that's what we got tonight. So uh, not much to write home about. Not much to say, you know, hey, they've righted the ship. No, I mean, but at least. Uh, at least they reminded us that just showing up and being the Bucks can still beat the G League Wizards for the Capital City Go Go, uh, as it were, <laughs> um, on uh, on a random night in August. 
All right, Frank, I know you know all about this, but for our listeners, make sure you start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boudou and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. And of course, never forget about our friends over at MyBookie. I've been waiting for this day, the sports return days since March, and now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind, MyBookie. MyBookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped into one. I love it, you love it, and that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. MyBookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams. And with Major League Baseball also underway, there's never been a better time to start playing. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future, and in this, in this case, that means hockey, football, and basketball playoff odds are already up there for you to bet on. Join today and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Remember, at MyBookie, the, ter- the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Let me go glass half full on this whole evening and this whole incident. Uh, I always feel a little bit nervous when Giannis is playing against these teams that are one, just clearly outmatched and there's nothing they can physically do to stop him. There was one play in particular at the start of this game where, and, and Marcus was talking about it on the broadcast, where Giannis looked a little bit frustrated because the, the team didn't seem to know what they were doing offensively. Then he eventually just motioned for Robin Lopez to set a screen, which he did, and Giannis just rolled through about four guys and ended up getting fouled and sent to the floor. And this is always the case. When you're playing terrible teams and Giannis is playing, I always have my concerns because they can't physically match him, so they are going to foul him, and you only need one you know, dirty foul or accidents. I mean, we see accidents happen, and, and he could get hurt. So from that point of view, the fact that he only played 10 minutes, I felt pretty good about and maybe the fact that he might be in for a one-game suspension might also be good because you know from now on that he's only playing in the playoffs. I think I've done with seeing Giannis <laughs> in seeding games and, and just the anxiety of him getting hurt. I, I actually tweeted straight away because no doubt the, the first feeling you have is, holy shit, there's one game between the playoffs. How bad was this? What is this going to mean? And you could almost see Bud's face. He was like, oh, no, because he, he was right there. And Bud's always pulling faces. But the fact that he was right there, you could see that maybe in his mind, he was like, okay, this ain't good. We, he, this is not the incident that we wanted to happen. He spoke after the game about the fact there was a number of things that happened through the game. And Sterling Brown perhaps had the quote of the whole post game. Giannis, as you said, was, was apologetic and said that usually he keeps his cool and, and it was a, a terrible act, terrible action. He described it as and something that he's got to be better with. But Sterling Brown said, and I I broke up this quote a little bit because he said dirty cheap shots multiple times within this, but he said, there's a lot of dirty cheap shots coming his way every game. The refs have got to do a better job at cleaning it up, which Bucks fans were very happy about the fact that Sterling Brown came (laughs) with that defense. The whole Twitter thing is really interesting to me because I think if you look at Bucks fans, they reacted similar to you, Frank. They said, yeah, this is stupid. Like you can't be a forward in, uh, to, to do this so close to the playoffs. I've got less concern that this would happen in a, in a playoff game. It seems that he gets his most agitated and frustrated against terrible teams. And I, I think it is for that reason. But if you look on Twitter, the only thing that, I, that could come to my mind, I'm going to play a little audio clip here. Everyone that does not care about the Bucks and wants the Bucks to lose and doesn't like Giannis, this was their reaction on Twitter. He's got to be tossed out of here. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. 
unbelievable. I have not seen a violent act like that in years. Get him out. Unbelievable. <laughs> that, that was it. Honestly, if you could sum up the reaction from everyone else on Twitter, that was exactly what it was like. I had someone trying to yeah, tell you. Me- Let's just let's just be clear. That was the Sixers radio guy when Eric Bledsoe <laughs> threw a basketball from you know 15 feet away at Joel Embiid, uh, which remains the 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 best overreaction in in radio play by play history. But yes, continue. I had someone on Twitter trying to tell me, and I'm friends with with this guy. He's he's a, a legendary bloke. To be fair, Carlin Gay. He does a lot of work over at NBA.com. Uh, out of the office in Charlotte, but he was saying that shit is crazy. He's going to be missing multiple games, and I was like, "All right, let's just relax a little bit, okay?" There was nothing crazy about this incident. Was it stupid? Yes. Should he uh, be better than that? Yes. Does he need to control himself better? Absolutely. But let's just relax about that action a little bit, okay? It, it was not a terrifying, violent act that anyone's getting freaked <laughs> out about. Let's just all chill out. Uh, so, uh, as I said, glass half full. Uh, Giannis isn't going to have to deal with a seeding game again which coincidentally actually uh, Phoenix fans have to be t- terribly upset about this because uh, they are 7-0 and in the bubble so far they need Memphis to lose this game against the Bucks and they've just seen <laughs> and they've just seen Giannis get suspended Phoenix fans are more upset than anyone I've been kind of curious what the Bucks would do with this game because um, I mean Taylor Jenkins is the coach of the Grizz yeah uh, his, you know, oh, his, yeah, his former team, Bud's, his mentor, Bud, is going up against him. Um, would would Bud throw Taylor Jenkins a bone anyway by maybe resting guys? Mm. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I would imagine we'll see. Um, we will see Chris, and uh, I mean, Bledsoe was listed out with knee soreness. Chris was just straight up load management. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I imagine we'll see Chris get a little bit of run uh, in this game. I mean. He still needs to what? Go like two for two to get his fifty forty ninety. So <laughs> we'll see if the Bucks have an eye on that uh, in this game, in that game specifically. But uh, but yeah, I mean, certainly missing Giannis uh, does make make life uh, a lot easier. Um, although who knows, right? I mean, would Giannis have played? I, I don't know. Maybe they would have rested him. Right? Maybe that's why they played him tonight. Maybe they were planning to try to get him some just some you know conditioning basically tonight, and then. Uh, let him rest in this game because obviously the the last thing you want to do is have Giannis get hurt in a meaningless game, which uh, as you pointed out, I mean that at least takes takes that off the table. If uh, if you know, as a fan, of course, I just love seeing Giannis play, and yeah. it's just you know so annoying watching a game like this that you know I paid. Uh, so I switched cable for buyers midway through after the season got suspended. So my lead pass, I no longer had lead pass technically. Um, when things were restarted, but the Bucks' first six games were all on national TV. So tonight, I realized, like, oh crap, I don't actually have access to this game. So I paid six bucks on uh, NBA, uh, the NBA app, to watch the game. And then, of course, Giannis gets you know tossed. Uh, and again, would I have bought this game even without Giannis playing? Yeah, because I you know owe it to you, Kane, to watch these games and you know <laughs> talk about the irrelevance of it or whatever <laughs> for, for this podcast. I feel obligated, but um, yeah, just a weird, I mean, just a fitting weird turn in what's been a, obviously a weird and pretty unsatisfying uh, bubble experience for the Bucks. So uh, just one game left and let's get it over with is, is I think we'll probably how most of us feel at this stage. 
Yeah, I wonder, and I'm curious, I mean, you sort of touched on it there, but I, I've been thinking about this a little bit because I, I know, you know, honestly, maybe 50-40-90 for Chris is the most exciting thing that's going to come out of this last game. But if, uh, you know, Milton doesn't play, if, you know, Brook Lopez played this game, so there'll, there'll be some shuffling with guys. Bledsoe obviously didn't play, Marvin Williams, Dante. I, I do wonder whether the Bucks are going to be actually better off saying, Let's not play these guys at all. Yes, that's going to give you a week off before game one, but what it would do is give you a chance to practice. And these guys have basically played every second day for the last two weeks. We know they didn't have much practice time before that. And maybe defensively, there's some things that they could use some practice on outside of a game situation against a team they're not going to play anyway. So I don't know. I've been thinking about that because typically I would say a week off is a long time. I mean, we see that sometimes impact series uh, you know, where teams have a longer break. I mean, we, we actually did see that with the, the Bucks last year. They had an extended break before playing game one against the Celtics and they got blown out. So you never really want to go into a, a game one situation with guys having an extended time off. But maybe in this instance, practice is uh, exactly what they need. Yeah, I, that's why, I, I mean, I think the guys that are healthy, I imagine they'll get, at least a little bit of a run out um, in this, mm. in this last game. Um, but, you know, will it be more like the Nets game where, you know, basically like Chris and Giannis played that first half and then, and then didn't play in the second. I could definitely see something like that probably. Um, but again, I mean, only, only Bud really knows at this point. Uh, and I think, um, I think like Bledsoe in particular, um, you know, he was listed out with knee soreness. Um, you know, he's definitely a guy. I think, I think when you think about, what the Bucks have been missing. Um, I think certainly, you know, obviously you, Bledsoe didn't play in those first few games. So uh, getting him back and up to something resembling full speed is really important. And we haven't seen that for a full game yet. So he's a guy, it would be nice, you know, if, assuming he's healthy to, to see him get some, some reps. Cause again, I think when we know what happens when the Bucks have, uh, you know, MIA Bledsoe in the playoffs, like that's that's when you are liable to lose a series because he's an important guy. And, you know, thankfully, Chris, Giannis, Brooke have been, you know, playing at a really high level here in these seeding games, but you're going to need more than that. And uh, obviously, you know, nice to see some guys kind of step up tonight. I don't think Sterling Brown or DJ Wilson has like earned playoff rotation minutes or something like that from what we've seen tonight. But, you know, again, just, I mean, we're fans, right? Like, we, you want to see these guys, you root for these guys, you hope they do well, regardless of what it, you know, kind of means moving forward. So, um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think Pat Connaughton's shot the ball really well. I think yeah. that's probably the most interesting. You know, he's come back from um, his quarantine uh, and looked better than normal Pat Connaughton <laughs> uh, as far as making threes and obviously still making athletic plays. So, I mean, you hope that kind of blood so kind of catches up to where Pat is now. Um, cause again, I mean, that's obviously one of the hallmarks of this team. Yes. You've got Giannis and Chris, but you have lots of, you know, supporting cast guys that, that fill their role and do it really well. And obviously that's probably been one of the, the obvious gaps, you know, Dante's obviously really struggled and Bledsoe has been, you know, just sort of finding his way back. So the more, the more of these guys you can get into some kind of rhythm and flow, it's probably the most important thing here in the last game. But, you know, does that mean Chris Milton needs to play 35 minutes? Obviously. You know, that's, that's not something that's really, really of, uh, of any necessity. 
Yeah, I will say, Pat Connaughton, because I, I commented on that through the game as well, particularly those above the break threes, he seems to be, he seems, his form seems to be great. He seems to be really relaxed, uh, squaring the shoulders up. Uh, not that I'm a shooting coach, but he is shooting well. And if he gets up to around 40%, that could be a difference maker in the, in the postseason because we know he's going to play a lot. Uh, tweet of the night for mine came from you, Frank. Not to pump up your tires too much. <laughs> But I was thinking, so we were, we were definitely thinking along the same lines here because when Thanasis came on the floor after Giannis was ejected, I was like, oh my God, this game is going to, there's going to be an all-in brawl in this game. Like, I honestly was having visions of Thanasis just destroying this guy. And uh, your tweet, and if I can describe this, if I can describe this to the your tweet says, Thanasis in the game, hoping Mo Wagner tries to line up a charge. And it's just this guy. I don't know what the hell is going on. But he's like sprinting full speed and then dives headfirst through a wooden door. <laughs> Have you never seen that gif before? Uh, no, I lost it when I saw it. Oh, yeah. It's this old gif of this like kid. Like, I don't know. He's like a, like a I don't know, like college age type student. And he just basically sort of like projectiles himself <laughs> through, a, through like a very like, doesn't look like a very sturdy door, let's be honest. But yeah. uh, he literally, not not you know, he literally breaks through the door with his head, launching his, his way through it. That was, I, I that was the vision I had as soon as I you know Giannis was kicked out, and I realized the Nasus might play. Um, I I had that moment of hope when he put uh, that I don't even what was that dude's name, the number eighteen, that other European guy. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, the, the I don't one he dunked on. Go, I thought it was go, Wagner go, for a while. Go look it up. I, I, yeah, I, I had, I had that moment where I hoped that that Thanasis had just lit up Mo Wagner on that lefty dunk. Um, Pesanctis? And it was disappointing. Pesanctis? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? None of us care, right? <laughs> uh, I, I had that split second where I had hoped it was it was Mo Wagner, but alas, it was the uh, the other random white dude on uh, on on the Wizards. So. Disappointing a little bit there, but uh, hey, nice to see Thanasis eight points, four rebounds, four yeah. assists. At least, at least one of that Akumo had a you know an above average night. Um, so that was that was fun. I was actually half wondering if like Thanasis was going to start, like they were going to play Giannis and start them together just as like a novelty thing. Um, but alas, I guess that's only Greek heritage night. You know, when they play the Nuggets, does Thanasis uh, get to play? So. Well, uh, combined, they had 20 points, 13 rebounds, and five assists in 28 <laughs> minutes. So still per 36, pretty yeah, good. Still, pretty yeah, good. Pretty, pretty good. good yeah. <laughs> Scoring a little bit down, but not too bad. <laughs> hey, because this has been maybe the most ridiculous podcast we've ever had, let's finish off by uh, giving a tip of the hat to Mike Budenholzer coaching in jeans tonight. What do you, you think about that? I don't think I've ever seen an NBA coach coaching jeans before and i made some ridiculous pun on twitter uh, about uh coaching being in the jeans of the Budenholzer family and alex lazary actually <laughs> alex lazary actually dm me after because he's uh coming on the show tomorrow and he said i'm actually canceling my appearance on yeah Lockdown. i was gonna say yeah I, yeah I was gonna say i mean you had the when you were joking yesterday you were talking about Giannis's oral surgery and you know how we were going to find out if he was going to play at 230.com or 2:30 p.m or whatever so it's been an epic week of you know bad Kane Pittman pun, puns which um I don't know it's amazing you don't have children because like you're just way ahead of the curve on dad jokes uh it's just just really uh I don't even know how to describe it Kane I mean it's sort of like performance art at this point your your bad puns that everybody sort of hates but kind of likes but uh yeah i i i don't know let's uh, i am shocked we've done even this 
Yeah, I'm shocked you didn't on the last one. I, when, I, when I was sitting there watching the game, I was like, all right, I, I'm, I don't want to go more than 10 minutes on this podcast. I'm just annoyed and want to get this over with. But here we are. Here we are having a grand old time, Kane, talking about, you know, your puns and the NASA's projectile launching himself through wooden doors. And, you know, if anybody made it this far, we appreciate you. Well, I, I don't think that the, the thing is, I don't think they would have lasted this far if we actually broke down this game. So <laughs> I, I think we've, I think we've taken the best possible route here. But as I said, uh, one more game left against the Grizzlies. Grizzlies are really going to want to win this game. So I don't know what the Bucks are going to do, but Memphis are going to be going all out on this one to try and uh, if, make it. If there's play. one thing we know, if if there's one thing we know about um, the bubble, it's that you know, which team has motivation and which team has better players is like shockingly irrelevant to outcomes, it seems. Yeah. Um, it, it really is amazing. I think it just speaks to just sort of like how good NBA players are that, you know, seemingly on any random night, and obviously especially in an era where three-point shooting can, can lead to such volatility, um, you know, like the Pelicans. <laughs> like the Pelicans had so much to play for and they just continually like shit the bed like all bubble the suns everybody including myself we had put the suns and wizards kind of in that group of like why are these guys even being invited to the bubble bradley beal's probably not going to play like when's devin booker going to side he's not going to play and you know big credit to the suns like they've come out and just looked like world beaters they haven't even had to play the bucks you know who they always beat seemingly um they haven't even had that <laughs> that benefit and then you know the Bucks and Lakers have been very meh. Um, Lakers, well, meh might be charitable to the Lakers, I guess, uh, given some of the way that they've looked. But Bucks, obviously, nothing to write home about. And, yeah, just just random, very random outcomes in these games. And, um, yeah, I think I think we speak for all Bucks fans when we say let's just, let's just get to the games that really count. And uh, hopefully – Hopefully we will see more of uh, the Bucks basketball we've gotten used to over the course of the, the full season, not just the bubble. Well, let me just say, in regards to the Phoenix Suns, as we wrap this up, we, we spoke, and mo- to be fair, it was mostly around the, the health uh, reasonings for why it made little sense to have them there in terms of people. But le- legitimately, if they go 8-0 and zero and still don't even make the 8th seed play-in, then I think, <laughs> let's be honest. I think, I, think, I think then we were, we were right. Like, I mean, really come on. not have been there. Yeah. it's fun for them and in the end everyone's been safe to this point so it's all it's all fine it's all well and good but the fact that they could go eight and oh and still not make even the play-in is absolutely absurd but anyway we'll see what happens i'm i'm, I'm fascinated i'm gonna say i'm gonna take the under on the phoenix suns over under win losses next year because yeah. i think people are gonna get so oh yeah, oh, yeah. people are gonna get so over enthusiastic about what's happened in the bubble that um, it, and it always happens like a team, like a young team, like, you know, plays really well and wins a bunch of games, like in the second half of the season and everybody's like, Oh, they're turning the corner. And it's, it's different. Like weird stuff happens late in seasons. And this isn't even, this is a historically weird situation. So, um, and not to discredit anything they've done. Cause I think it's great. And it's cool for Suns fans. They actually get like something to be excited about after everything that's happened with that franchise. But, um, but yeah, it's ultimately it's, you know, two weeks in the weirdest possible circumstances that, that you could think of. And, um, you know, I, it is, it would be very ironic if they literally do everything they can and, <laughs> and still, still don't get in the, in that ball. Although it's kind of funny though, too, cause it's like, 
I, I, I mean, it would be fun if they made it just because they would be the ultimate, like riding a hot streak team in just the weirdest circumstances. And it'd be fascinating to see what happens in, with them in a, in a first round against the Lakers. Like, you know, it would be hilarious if they just go crazy and then they just get like crushed 4-0 against the Lakers or something like that, which I would still say is probably the most, <laughs> the most likely outcome. Well, let me just say, someone made the joke to me on the stream yesterday that, that they really hope the Bucks can beat the Grizzlies and knock them out because they don't want the Suns to have any chance to make it to the NBA Finals because the Bucks cannot, oh, that's beat, true. The Bucks cannot <laughs> beat the Suns. So we need Phoenix out just to eliminate that chance of the Bucks getting their bogey team in the Finals. But uh, 3 p.m., Thursday afternoon, another just weekday. I don't think it could be any more fitting for what this game means for the Bucks. 3 p.m. on a Thursday afternoon. Bucks and Grizzlies, check that one out. I'm sure maybe maybe we will, maybe we won't. We'll talk about the game. Check it out or don't. Yeah, well, just, just do what you want. But either way, I guarantee you, we'll be here after the game, regardless of what happens. Whether we talk about what happened on the court, who actually knows? But we're a few days away from the playoffs, Frank. Appreciate you jumping on at this hour of the evening. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be looking out for some sort of... Uh, resolution, I guess, to this Giannis incident. I'm sure the NBA will be doing their review overnight tomorrow morning. We'll find out soon. Alex Lazary on the pod tomorrow. And we'll speak to you guys then.